With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, welcome to podcast episode 316. We are the Fight Disciples. This one's dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but we'll talk about some other stuff as well. Uh, if and when uh, it seems fit. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for, and it's fightdisciples.com for the website. If you need an Android feed or a Spotify or a Google Play or something like that, at Fight Disciples on all social medias, bar Instagram, at the Fight Disciples. I'm thinking of setting up a new Instagram page just for Rafael Dos Anjos' Tash. What an absolute piece of artistry that was uh, in San Antonio at the weekend. That was straight off the Bow Chicka Wow Wow Top Shelf Dirty Blue Movies, weren't it? It looked quality. I reckon you could do that. I know yeah. that you. I know that you've got full beard and stuff, but I reckon you with could, the old handlebar moustache. Yeah, I reckon Hulk you. Hogan. I reckon you could. I reckon you could have a, a Dos Anjos good, porn star. Yeah, man. I think one, and maybe I'd have cut it today, but you, you know, you, you can't rock up with a porn star tash and not win. It just doesn't work, does I'm it? Just, I'm just trying to think of you with a porn star tash. Didn't it? Have you ever had a tash? Oh, Donald had one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a tash. Fuck it, what do you think I have? Have you? <laughs> You're scouse though. All scouses have had a tash. <laughs> bastard. Have you not all had tashes? Your woolly back trick. Yeah, but all scouts have had a tash at no some point, don't you? And a perm. Have you had a no perm? Ch- I've never had a perm, no, no. I missed that, didn't I? I was not that old, for fuck's sake. When you were a kid at school, right? And you started, didn't have a perm. No, but when you started growing a bit, no, no. at school you had curtains, didn't you? You yeah, had some yeah. proper Happy fucking... Monday jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Backstreet Boys or whatever it used to be. But when you started getting a bit of facial hair, you know what I mean? When you saw a few pubes around your cock, I didn't, did you uh, think to yourself, right, I'm going to uh, get myself go, a, little, go get, a, tash. a little Gary Neville wispy one right on top lip. <laughs> so when the old wind blows, it'll blow off. Did you not have one of them? No, I'm pretty sure you did from the sounds of it, though. Oh, yeah. I didn't, uh, I, I was a bit of a late bloomer, so. Was you? Yeah. Look at you now, eh? Look at you now, now like an absolute gorilla. Like Socrates now. So- Socrates? Where's that come from? He's got a beard, hasn't he? <laughs> Out of all the people that you could have named, <laughs> why have you gone with Socrates? Why not? Probably on a, on a level. I can play footy. Socrates, oh, Socrates <laughs> the footballer, not the philosopher. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not quite at that level, no. No? Definitely not. Hmm. Um, as you just pointed out, Dos Anjos, uh, beaten by our boy Leon yeah, Rocky Edwards uh, in San Antonio. I feel like we didn't give Rocky enough fucking build up last week now I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit because well we don't do he's that he's the man yeah but we review fights and then we kind of just touch upon the build up and then that's that's the premise of the show we take the piss out of stuff we don't build it up and preview it yeah he's the man he's been absolutely phenomenal you know and uh, it just it just begs the question what's he got to do because now you know Masvidal's distancing himself from the fight he's yeah. like no fuck that I beat Ben Askren UFC told me if I beat Ben Askren I'd get a title shot rightfully so in my opinion but the problem is in this welterweight division, if he's going to get the next shot at Kamaru Usman and Colby's who? signed up... Who, Masvidal? Masvidal. Yeah. And Colby's signed up to fight... Lawler. Robbie Lawler. Yeah, in two weeks, though. So where does... Do we, does does Rocky just take a break now? and Rocky fights the winner of the Colby fight. 
So you think he should get? So he's got to he's got to win another eliminator. It's not an eliminator, is it? I mean, if you at this moment in time, Jorge Masvidal is the hottest piece of property in that division. There's no question about that. Absolutely yeah. no question about it. He starched Darren Till out cold. He starched Ben Askren in five seconds out cold. He is hot. Take advantage of it right now. At the end of the day, the fans are bought in. The casual fans are bought in. Every single casual fan has seen that knockout, that knee knockout, and they've looked at him and gone, fucking hell, what's this guy all about? Yeah. Put him in with the champ next. Put him straight in. He might get beat, but put him straight in because that will drive major pay-per-view numbers. People will be all over it. They'll be going, Masvidal's my man. I'm, ch- I'm all over the Masvidal thing. Who's doing that for Rocky right now, bar us? Yeah. There's only us doing that. Now, yes, who's got the better win streak? Who's got the... Who's got the better resume over the last year to two years in this weight category? There's no question that it's Rocky Edwards. But is Rocky Edwards that guy that is going to do massive numbers against Kamaru Usman? With all due respect, the fight at the weekend, if you're not a proper MMA fan, you might have fallen asleep during it because it was a, a clinic. A masterclass, yeah. it, it was a masterclass. It was a clinic. There wasn't the highlight real moment. There wasn't that moment where, whoa, he's just chin that guy. Some of his work is tremendous and we're going to get on it in a minute and go crazy for it because yeah. we loved it. But if you're the guy at home, that listens to mix mar- listens to our mixed martial arts show, and you've gone, oh, Rocky Edwards is fighting this weekend. I've heard the guys talk about Rocky Edwards. Go on, then I'll get stuck into it. You get stuck into it. Twenty five minutes later, you're going, it's all right. If you don't know too much about the sport, you're thinking, yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all right. He's won the fight. It's all right. But the week, two weeks previous, when we told you to go and watch Masvidal, mate, you've got an hard on for twenty minutes. You're still knocking one out now over that. You're still yeah. rerunning that particular moment. Masvidal's the hottest prop- property for me. He gets the title shot, and then. You've, like you just said, you've got Colby against uh, Lawler in two weeks' time. Winner of that, Leon Edwards. Then they're going to fight for the title. Yeah. But then if they're fighting in two weeks' time, why? what would stop if Colby wins him going, well, fuck that, why am I fighting Leon Edwards? I've got I've got the interim belt. I want to fight Kamaru Usman next. I'll because you put him on the same Usman. night. You put him on the same night. You put the Colby fight on the same night for Leon Edwards. As Colmain. Yeah. Colby versus Leon Edwards, Colmain to... To Masvidal against Usman. Versus Usman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I just feel and like if Colby says no, you fuck him off. You say, well, if you say no, Leon Edwards gets the next shot at that winner. Yeah, I feel like uh, because with all due respect, the Masvidal Leon Edwards fight—that's the one. There's the there's the there's the the narrative, isn't there? Yeah, two pieces, a two piece and a fries or whatever three, it was, three piece, th- three piece and a sword. Yeah. yeah, that's the narrative. You want Masvidal to do Usman, you want uh, Leon to come through his fight with Colby, and then you've got a super fight. You've got an unbelievable fight then lined up. Yeah. With so much history behind it. You're not feeling it though, are you? You think he he deserves a shot now? Listen, he's won 10 fights since he last, lost to Kamara Usman. He's won 10 fights in the welterweight division. I'm not I'm not it's denying fucking, that. It, I agree. The hottest prospect is Go through them 10 fights, you, you'd struggle to find more than two or three highlights just because of the way that Rocky fights. I think he's more appreciated by other fighters than he is necessarily by fans because he hasn't got that highlight real moments and I seen one fan at the weekend that tweeted something like Rocky Edwards could fucking fly in on the back of a fucking helicopter and abseil down into the centre of the cage and then will win with a fucking flying windmill heel hook inside the opening second and then sprout wings and fly well and, st- and still not get a title shot and that's kind of where I'm at with Rocky Edwards it's like he deserves it there's no no doubt he deserves it is he going to get it? No absolutely not because this is show business mate this ain't show friends, it's show business. He's got to give us those show... Bi- One thing that I was impressed with him at the weekend 
He's rocked the mic. Mate, how many times have we had a go at him for yeah. not rocking the mic? He gets in there, he goes, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just taking care of business. I'm just getting on with it. He got on the mic. He called Masvidal a weasel. Straight away, I'm like going, now we're here. Now we're doing it. You've just beaten the former lightweight champion. Go for it. He's gone for it. He's called Masvidal a weasel. And then about two minutes later, he moved on to the Usman thing. He's the only, he's the last guy to beat me. I deserve my shot. He's named two guys there, sweet as a nut. Don't take anything else other than, in your mind, don't take anything else other than those two shots. Yeah. Let the UFC now do their thing. Personally, the UFC, for me, are going to make Usman versus Masvidal. That's what they're going to make. If they've got a brain, they're going to make that. Yeah. Because that's where the money is at. And then what What I'd do is say, right, what, what Leon needs to do, be cage side in two weeks' time. Of course. Be cage side for Colby Covington. And go for Covington. Get after him. Because you think Colby's going to come through that fight with Robbie Lawler. It's a great fight. It's a good knock. But regardless, go at the winner. Don King the yeah, shit out of it. 100%. Cage side, whoever wins, it's a little, pounce on them. It's a little harder to go at Robbie because he's sound as fuck in it, right? Yeah. But if Colby's the guy that comes through, get on it because it's there for you, mate. Go Same, and go the press up. conference. Yeah. Get in there. Call some shit. Call, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's the only way it's going to happen for him. It's the only way it's going to happen for Rocky because I feel like he could win for, forevermore and he still won't get a title shot just because... It's just not the way the UFC works anymore. When it, you know, with, with this ESPN deal and everything else, it's all about entertainment. It's all about putting eyeballs in front of the screens. And Leon Edwards doesn't drive eyeballs. And as you say, flawless performance. Clinic. Wins for me, won every round. Thought he was great. I'll tell you Maybe what. lost one round. I'll tell you what was Four surprising. 4-1 at best. I'll tell you what was surprising. First round to come out against the geezer that's a specialist in Brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah, and just dump him, him on his yeah, ass. I was exactly. like, huh? What yeah. are you doing? Get up! Statement made. Mate, and he did it on set. I mean, he caught that knee. He did it whenever he wanted. He caught that knee and threw him on his Mm -hmm. back. I'm like going, Rocky, mate, this is absolutely outstanding. He was punch perfect. The elbows off the clinch. I mean, that's his his go-to, isn't it? Of course. And he did it so many times against Gunny. But to do it... Ripped Rafael de Sanos's eye clean open with one shot. Three or four times. Every single time. Rafael de Sanos, you're an experienced fighter. You know it's coming, but you just couldn't get out of the way of it. No, he couldn't. He was just too sharp for him. I think right now... You know, this is the frustrating thing for being a British MMA guy is that Leon is his, he's he's peaking right now. I feel like Leon Edwards could beat anybody over five rounds on the planet at 170 pounds right now. That's why I want to see him get him for the title shot as soon as possible. Yeah. Because once he starts going off the boil, once he starts slightly coming up, he can't take a step down from the, one of those three, four guys you've just mentioned. He can't. No. Now I know. Now I kind of understand why it's Masvidal, Usman, or the winner of the other two fights. Like you said, there's four guys there. Nothing else except yeah. nothing else. You've made your point now. You've just beaten Rafael the Sanyos. The shit out of him, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't like a razor thin thing. Oh. You beat the shit out of him. Exactly. You won every round for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he was excellent, absolutely excellent, and uh, it's it's a shame really that you know if that if that's Darren Till putting in that clinic, oh. every single national newspapers. Featuring it today, it's all over the website. It's every, it's nowhere. Rocky's nowhere. I've yeah. not seen anybody outside of, you know, MMA hot. junkie and people like that. Yeah, actual it, MMA media. And then there's nobody mainstream. There's US based media. You yeah, know, it's not, it's not in any of the national newspapers. Not on any of the national websites. From what I've seen, I've done, there's just been nothing at all. This is a guy from Birmingham that's got an amazing backstory and all that. Moved over from Kingston, Jamaica. His dad got shot. He lived in Birmingham hand-to-mouth existence. A MMA gym opens up at the end of the street. Him and his brother go down there, changes their lives, gets them out of gang culture. He's got an amazing story. And he's undefeated in 10 fights in the UFC at the top of the welterweight division, beating former world champions. Mm-hmm. The guy deserves a fucking headline. And yet he can't generate a headline in his own country. The last time he fought, when he fought against Gunny, 
in London. He got booed on his way to the Octagon in his own country. What has he got to do to turn himself around? It kind of reminds me, in some ways, of DC. DC had this weird rhetoric for a while. The American fans, he used to get booed by yeah. them. And it took him, it was so hard for him to eventually win them over. He got there in the end. Whether that was because he became a TV analyst and people got to know him, maybe that's what Rocky needs to do. Maybe he needs mm. to try and push him. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a big job as a management team I've got to make. But if I'm Rocky Edwards, I'm going to look at the management team now at Paradigm and go, listen, boys, I'm doing it in the octagon. I'm fucking turning up. I'm I'm the guy who's on the run. I'm hotter now than I'm ever going to yeah. be. It's up to you as my management team to sell me now, to get me that fight. That's your job. Don't wait for the UFC to ring. You tell me what to do. And Paradigm, like you've just said, should be like, Rocky... Two first-class tickets there. You're going to be ringside for Colby Covington. We spoke to the UFC. You've got media access as well. You're going to be able to get in the press conference afterwards. Get in there. That's Paradigm's job. And they can do that. Fucking hell, they've got Connor Bispin. You know, Paradigm have got an amazing resume. They can say to the UFC, listen, we want Leon front row centre. The UFC aren't stupid. They're going to go sound. What's he, what's he going to do? He's going to kick he's off. He's going to fucking go Sweet. mad. He's going to go, he's going to go sound. And then whether it's out of his comfort zone or not, Leon needs to realise... I'm going to have to do this, otherwise I could fucking carry on beating former world champions from now until the rest of my days. Yeah. But I ain't never going to get on a pay-per-view main card and I ain't ever going to fight for the title. Yeah, man. And the way he's rocking the mic these days makes me think that he's realised, okay, I'll play by your game. He's a fight side plenty. Yeah, he, man. He's on board. He's understood it. He's getting it now. He rocks the mic. So you're right. He's got to be there. He's got to be cage side. He's got to go for Covington. And you know what? The way Covington's t- tagging this or teeing this fucking, following this Donald Trump, whole fucking... Ah, gold. Whirlwind of fucking racist nonsense. He's doing half the shit for you. Exactly. So you can just, Leon just jumps on that as an immigrant himself who come over to the UK and fucking, you know, his life's prospered. Like, it, it's it's easy to, to build a narrative there. So easy. And you're right, that's the fight. And then you beat Colby Covington. The amount of exposure that dickhead will bring to the fight, you can't be denied anymore. Mm. Are you happy with the... The uh, the route that I've planned out there. I know that you want him to yeah, get man. Usman. Listen, but you're do, you right. th- do you think I, that I that want one... him to get Usman next? He d- he deserves Usman next. But this he... is not a this is not a sport about who deserves what. This is a sport about which sells biggest. Yeah. And categorically, Masvidal's a bigger fight. Mm. So it is what it is. We spoke a moment or two ago about Masvidal's five-second knockout. Well, Aris had a go, didn't he? He had a go. He just couldn't get his legs up quick enough uh, to <laughs> yeah. knock him out. Uh, double time, 11 seconds. Walt Harris, we have got a new heavyweight contender. Now, when you were taking out Olenek, right, who, by the way, is unbelievable when it comes to wrapping people up in bloody blankets and choking the living daylights out yeah. of them. When you're taking him out in 11 seconds, you've got to start taking notice of this kid. And yeah. you've got to start thinking to yourself, who the fuck do we match him with next? Because mm-hmm. it's not a deep division, let's be straight. There's not mm-hmm. tons of talent knocking about, especially not tons of talent that's not been there before. Yeah. How far is he off? One, two fights? Well, I'd like to see him put Greg Hardy to sleep next. Yeah. <laughs> just Greg Hardy's just a That's where you want this bitch. to go, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, there you go, they're on the same thingy. So stick them on the card next to each other. That'd be perfect. Mm. Um the best thing about this card was that that was the bit where it got entertaining. Like, the 10 straight decisions, and we're not going to review any of them. Right. Just a quick one on this. If you've not seen it, because I know that people listen to us, we Before go crazy for in. it, and then you go, go on then, I'll, I'll go back in and watch it. Skip forward. Yeah. 
skip all the way forward to Dan, the Dan Hooker uh, James Vic fight. That's it. Forget the prelims. Everything else was shit. Go to the main card. Fast forward the first two fights. Start with Dan Hooker versus James Vic. Sweet as. Watch three knockouts coming inside one round. I'm going to mean inside one round. I mean all three added together, counted less than five minutes. There you go. And then go straight to the main event with Rocky Edwards. And that's just it. to see a masterclass. And that's your San Antonio. There you go. Forget the rest of Forget it. Forget it. Because none of it is worth talking about. But we're currently talking about the Walt eleven se- the eleven second knockout yeah. of Walt Harris, who absolutely unreal was absolutely absolutely unreal, and you yeah. want him in with Greg Hardy next. I want him in with Greg Hardy next year, just because Greg Hardy is the scumbag. So, I think Greg Hardy. Did and- you see, by the way, Dan Mergliotta? Yeah, as he lifted his hand up to announce, obviously the winner of the uh, the Greg Hardy fight. He announces it, and Dan's shaking his head, absolutely disgusted that he's had to pick his hand up to uh, announce him as the winner. Is that, is that a good thing if the referee actually wants you to get beat? Well, that's, that's a bad thing, isn't it? I think the argument is it was the way Greg Hardy starts dancing, like a dick. Ah, that is that was, what it was? I think that's why Dan kind of shook his head and looked at him like he was a piece of shit. Obviously, he could have done that walking past him in the street because he is a piece of shit. Uh, Greg Hardy, as Juan Adams highlighted in the build-up last week and we mentioned on last week's show... Let's not go into back, into detail about his background again, but listen, this guy has had more chance than he than he deserves at being a professional athlete, and it ultimately cost him his NFL career. He's been given another second chance with the UFC to to be a star, multi millionaire athlete in the sport of mixed martial arts. Most people with a fucking brain don't agree with it. He shouldn't be in the sport. He's a gobshite. We were all praying Juan Adams was going to do, but then Juan Adams goes and does the most stupidest thing in the world, dives yeah. through a single leg, doesn't yeah. let go of it. Greg Hardy's hammer-fisting him to the back of the head, gives Dan Mergliotta no option but to stop the fight. It was a shit fight, absolutely pants. Luckily, it doesn't last that long, so if you want to go back and watch it, it's over quite quick. Yeah, it just... Listen, the UFC is the Champions League of the sport. We talk about that all the time. These are the best fighters in the world. Greg Hardy and Juan Adams are not the best fighters in the world. These are not tr- premier mixed martial artists. This is a step down whenever Greg Hardy fights in the UFC to step down from the quality we're used to, purely based on the fact that star power sells tickets. So it pisses me off still that he's on main cards, but I get why he's but doing it. But it sells, Nicholas. I get, I, get, I, get, I get, listen, I get it. This is show business at the end of the day. But I don't, are we just going to keep matching him and matching him and matching him, you know, kind of cherry picking opponents for him or are we going to put him in with Walt Harris and let him get starched that's like the catch 22 are the UFC just using Greg Hardy's name yeah. to sell tickets forevermore yeah. or have they got an ulterior motive that they're going to build him up to be big as big as possible and then they're just going to let someone absolutely run through the fucker so we can all go way <laughs> There we go. You're a twat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bring in one of the ex-girlfriends who we, who we bashed about. Bring one of their older brothers in who they secretly got training at the PI, ready to meet them <laughs> one day. That'd be fucking justice. I'd like, I'd pay to see that, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what did you make of one Adams uh, steaming at? I like this. I like people that absolutely throw the toys out the pram. Gets beat, storms out the octagon, throws his bloody mouthpiece all over the place, refuses to wait for the actual announcements, and he's off back to the changing rooms. Yeah, boy, I'm in. Yeah, well, he proper had, tantrum. He apologised afterwards. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. was like, "Oh, sorry about that." Um, but he was a dick. He was, he was, you know, he talked up a great fight. He had this the mad thing. By the time the fight came on Saturday, I think most of the world or most MMA fans who were who were watching this fight were bought in on Juan Adams. He'd done, he'd done um, some some thingies uh, interviews with likes of Tyron Woodley, and then I tweeted the picture and was like, "Look at the size of this fucker!" Because massive, he's massive. Wasn't it? And I was just like, "Mate, you 
we were all backing him. We were all ready. Go on, Juan, you're the man. You're the man. And then to just fail to perform in in on such a big stage against such a shitbag opponent like that, it was just so frustrating. And so I, I can see why he was upset. But it was like, come on, man. It was like they're pedestrian mistakes that you're making. Mm. He's shot for a single. He's on top of you. Let go of that fucking single. Get out of there. Don't just stay there holding on while he's punching you in the side of the back of your head. I wish more fighters that cool. won fights did that. Stormed off. Yeah, 100%. I loved it. I loved the air of mystery. Do you mean like um, Tom Hardy in the movie Warrior? You've nailed it. That's yeah. it. Get your m- mouthpiece, ping it across the octagon and just steam out. Don't wait for the announcement. You don't need to. You've done the business. Everybody's going crazy for you. Just go on. Don't say anything. It's a bit more sinister, isn't it? That's what I want Dubois to be doing in uh, in the world of boxing. Yeah. Just absolutely, just walk out the ring. See ya. Bye. No interviews. No, no interviews. Nothing. nothing. Done. I'm gone. I'm out yeah. of here. Just imagine if Ngarni did that. Oh, my days. Now, don't get me wrong. We love Big Francis. He's a great talker, and he should talk more. There's no question about it. However, imagine looking at the size of that thing, taking somebody's head off, and then just walking out the octagon. Yeah. The predator, straight back to the dressing room. He's oh, gone. See you later. He's gone. That's it. Oh, my days. You'd be going crazy for him, wouldn't you? That area of mystery. It would be wicked. It would be wicked. But then, you know, at the end of the day, you missed the opportunity to rock the microphone as well, and Francis can rock a mic every now and again. Mm. But you're right. For the standout performer, though, was the guy who stopped all the bullshit, stopped Dan all Hooker. the decisions. Thank God for Dan Hooker. Draw the line in the sand and went, right, fuck this. You're bored? You've had enough. Come back out the bar. Exactly. Come yeah, back out yeah. the bar. I'm going to do something quite magnificent. I think it's the first time in history, 10 consecutive decisions from the start of an event. I think there's been 10 in one event before, yeah. but this was the first time an event had started with 10 decisions. Imagine that. God, I can just imagine working this event and it gets to like Hernandez versus Trinaldo, the last minute of the third round. You're thinking, what have I done in my life to deserve this? To sit through all these points decisions. It's because you got. It's because it's because we got to do live national commentary of Masvidal. That's what it was, mate. There's always a bit of sweet to the sour. Exactly. But Dan Hooker was sensational. To be honest, listen, how many times have I championed James Vick on here? You know, best boxing lightweight division, six foot three. Dan Hooker must be at least six foot one as well. How the fuck these guys get down to 156 pounds? I've got no idea. It's absolutely bonkers. Six foot three, James Vick, and makes 155, 156, obviously, for this fight. It's just unreal. Absolutely unreal. I know I'm the wrong side of 40 now, but I'm six. I'm come down to about six one now, six one now. What do you mean you've come down to six one? It used to be six two, I'm shrinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Go on. Stop the show because I want to know more. So I used to be six foot two. When I was in my twenties, but now I'm about six one point something. Is that through that injury or what's that through? It's because of the shape of my legs. So because of the shape of my legs, <laughs> basically I'm shrinking. Just stop. Right. So by the time I get this, to fifty, just wait a minute. This is really happening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you just want to turn your uh, your podcast up a little bit, he's he's giving me a science description. What's wrong with so the shape of your legs? See, I'm standing up now. Yeah. yeah. So if you can see there, look, I couldn't I couldn't stop a slippery pig in an alleyway. So I've got my ankles together now. Look at that. Your ankles are together. My ankles are. I can't, I can't see it that under the desk. But oh, your knees are, so your ankles are together, but your back. knees are not t- touching. How are you doing that? Right? Whoa, yeah, you are a bit bow, aren't you? Bit. Fucking hell, son. How, how's that happened? What's happened there? Big cock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like John Wayne there, aren't I? 
You I've, just, I've just always had bow legs. I think I got them when I was a kid. Too much footy when I was a kid. If you look, at, there's a lot of Brazilian I, footballers I, with bow legs as well. Brazilian football. I played a lot of footy when I was a kid. I don't have legs I know, like but that, mate. T- probably not to the level I did. <laughs> the ability I did. No, I've, I've, I think I, I think it's hereditary. I think my uncle on my mum's side has got bow legs as well. Oh, is that what it is? So I've got like I look like I've just stepped up off a horse to yeah, try to do. give you the visual. Like people always say. If I'm in town or whatever, people go, I knew it was you. I could tell by the shape of your legs because I've got these weird fucking extremely bowed legs. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm shrinking. Yeah, so I was six. I was just... So, just, the, so the, because the legs are bowing... I've lost half an inch in the, in the last, what, decade? Right. So what do you reckon? So. Another 10? What do you reckon? So I reckon in the next 10 years, I'm probably going to lose another inch. So yeah. I, I reckon I'll be smaller than Jane by the time we get to retirement age. Wow. So fucking hell, eh? Yeah, I know. I never told her that until we were married, by the way. But you had bow legs. Did she not see? No, and that I was shrinking. Oh, that she had a massive cock. <laughs> you, you <laughs> good Catholic boy. Waited till I was wed. <laughs> How do we get onto this subject of? You're talking about lads getting down in weight from height. Oh yeah, so. You're, um, you're now six foot one and couldn't make well, 156 that's pounds. Exactly. I'm six one. I'm, I'm, Especially with the size I'm, of that cock. Exactly. I'm 200 now. So, um, 200 pounds? It's, 200 pounds, yeah. I thought you were trying to get down to 180. I have, but I've been off it. I've, I've started eating loads of olives. So I've gone away from cheese. <laughs> I've, I've stopped cheese. You know, I was cheese boarding it every night. Mate, what? You so know I've what it does to you? I've come away from cheese. You know what it does to you at Christmas? I know. And I've I, I stopped it and like cheese boarding it every night. Yeah, Fucking no. hell, you're middle class, aren't so, you? You're proper like little cheese board after tea every night. I'm only talking cheddar and dairy lee. I'm not talking fucking the full. Yeah, but every night. Yeah, well it was Christmas and then I didn't stop it. All right. Jeez. So I've knocked no cheese, not cheese. Um, I've knocked it on the air, but now I've got this weird olive fetish. I can't stop eating olives. Right. Oh my. Yeah, but olives God. are good for the skin, aren't they? Well, that's why my skin's sensational, obviously, but yeah. it's, uh, it still doesn't help around the tum. So I've done this other thing as well. <laughs> I've started this is amazing. 16-hour fasting. Eh? So I only eat. When I, I stop eating... Yeah, but does it... You can't so I, do, so I, haven't, mate, I haven't eaten today. At all? At all. I've had that glass of juice that we had before, bottle of juice. I had a cup of tea this morning. But I, I won't eat now until about one o'clock today. Actually, it'll be late. I'm going to see Pricey. It won't be until about three o'clock. Why? And I stopped eating last night at about half past eight. So I'm doing a 16-hour fast, so I don't eat for 16 hours. What so. are you on? Are you on Ramadan? What's the crack with that? No, I just, I just stop eating after my dinner. have a few little tidbits. Yeah. Cut it all out. Watch Love Island. That's like me, me barometer. Yeah. And then I don't eat again until like brunch, lunchtime the next day. Why? I'm just trying it. Intermittent fasting, I think they call that, don't they? It's like a 16-hour fast, yeah. You try and do 16 hours between yeah, meals. Right. Yeah, but in the other eight hours of the day, mate, you can't be stuffing your face with your chocolate. That's the problem. The selection box. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking like, nom, 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 eating everything. He eats the rest of his daily allowance in that short period of time. Yeah. Mm. I'm just trying it because I need to try something. All right. Okay. But anyway. But, uh, but you're amazed that the I'm likes just, of James Vick and Dan Hooker can get down to 156 from that height. Honestly, even without cock and balls, I couldn't get anywhere near 155. Not even close <laughs> to it. Out. Imagine if you were an action man without any cock and balls. <laughs> a eunuch. <laughs> a eunuch? <laughs> but the eunuchs used to get the balls cut off, didn't they? So eunuchs were like fucking servants in the Roman days and shit like that. Did they? And we used to have them looking after... they go away to war and shit, so the eunuch could look after the house, but to make sure he didn't get up his wife... Yeah. <laughs> ...to chop his bollocks off. Is that true? Yeah, chop the cock and bollocks off. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, eunuchs had no dicks. 
because otherwise they'd be up your wife while you're at work. <laughs> the, the information that you learn on this podcast <laughs> is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. How they both of them make weight, but for me, Vic just seems to have from being a Golden Gloves standard boxer. A guy that moves back with his chin up in the air in straight lines, unreal. Remember, I, I tweeted the weekend was like he's like the lightweight version of Stefan Struve. Mm. It's like he, he doesn't know how to use that length, and I think fucking Dan Hooker. <laughs> Dan Hooker was just like, oh, happy days. I'm going to throw right hand, and you're just going to move back with your chin up in the air in a straight line. Perfect. And it was an accident waiting to happen, so I wasn't surprised when it did eventually happen. And James Vick has gone from being a potential title contender, the lightweight for me now, to just be a perennial gatekeeper to mm. to this top ten. It's normally at this point where I ask Nick, anything on the undercard that lit your candle? No. The answer's no. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Don't bother going watching it. It's only about four fights from San Antonio. The only thing I will say is amazing to see Ray Borg back again. Yeah. Obviously back in the wing column. The journey he's been on with his family and all that kind of shit. It's just... I won't go into detail, but if you're interested, check out Ray Borg and the journey he's had with his new son and all that kind of stuff. It's It'll break your heart into... And again... It kills me that a guy like Ray Borg, a Korean mixed martial artist who's sacrificed and done so much and is on the journey he's on right now because of his his, his family and you know that, that that the hand that Mother Nature's dealt him and his family with his child and all that. And he's buried down on the prelims, even though he's been in the UFC forever. And then you've got a piece of shit like Greg Cardi on the main card. Just doesn't sit well with me. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. You done? I'm going to say. How excited are you for uh, Donald Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje? Very excited because that is a fight that you cannot blink. It's the week after. Cannot blink. Khabib and Dustin Poirier go at it at Abu Dhabi at yeah. September the seventeenth. Yeah. September the seventh. September fourteenth. The week after, just when just when the dust has settled on the desert, them two are having a go. That Tremendous. is going to be unbelievable. Neither take a backward step. Neither really listen. They're both very. They're both elite level. Tacticians, but never neither of them really use tactics. No. They just go in there and have a scrap. They have a scrap. It's going to be unbelievable that fight. Someone's coming out. There's gonna be a lot of claret, that's all I'm gonna say. There is gonna be a lot of claret. There is gonna be it's just gonna be absolute flames. And part of me wants it to go five rounds just because I'm a sick fuck. You've no chance. Someone will go over. It's just insane. Yeah, but Gates, she's like a zombie, isn't he? He's just a complete and utter freak. Yeah, but he has been fights with his face. (laughs) <laughs> he's just a lunatic he's just an absolute lunatic punchy as fuck and yeah. doesn't give a damn and he will just go to war and Cowboy ain't gonna go oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take this down and sub him is he fuck Cowboy will be like come on then let's have it it's gonna be crazy absolutely crazy mm. I think the one I'm looking forward to obviously is Khabib versus Poirier just because it's for the lightweight belt and, and Khabib's a superstar but if you're looking for sheer entertainment, the, the fight has happened the week after. Mm. Um, there's a little bit of news on John Jones, haven't we? Oh, dear. Is the he, champ's back! Is he back? The champ is back! He's back. The uh, the holier-than-thou champ who uh, seems to have turned his life around. Um, I mean, listen. Hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> the champ's back! According to uh, reports from the United States of America, he's up on a battery charge. Got himself in a bit of bother in there. Uh, uh, a nightclub of recent times, or should I say a lap dancing club of recent times, where uh, young ladies been uh, entertaining him, and uh, it's all gone a little bit sour. Choked her, kissed her, pulled her onto his lap. I don't know. That's you, the report. When you read the report, it doesn't read well. Apparently it happened in Albuquerque Strip Club back in April. It's like... It, 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 
what goes through the mind of John Jones, I'll just never know. Never know. We've we've spoke till we're blue in our face on this show about John. Just embrace the bad guy, man. Just be the heel. Stop trying to come out and be holier than thou. You're not. You're the baddie. Just be the baddie. But instead, he comes out, pretends he's reinvented himself. You know, I'm a I'm a preacher's son and all this kind of stuff. And I'm I'm changed, man. I'm the gonna role model I was always gonna be. Knowing full well going into his last fight, he'd fucking allegedly slapped around a stripper in a nightclub in April. It's like it's as if he thinks he can just get away with whatever he likes. Mm. It's like he thinks he's Tiger Woods and can just live this second this completely other life that no one's ever gonna hear about because he's so famous. But there's a big difference between John Jones and fucking Tiger Woods. One guy's a megastar who had a team of people keeping him out of the public eye until he got so he got himself in the public eye. Well, until until Tiger stopped paying them people and said, I'll have my own PR team, and that's why I fall down. Tiger had IMG, the whole fucking of IMG protecting him. So every time a stripper story came out, they'd just go, bump, bury it, don't put it in, and we'll give you a fucking Serena Williams for the front page of your paper tomorrow. And Tiger will do an exclusive ahead of the Masters. Story, buried, stripper, fuck off. No one's interested. It was only when Tiger went... I don't need this expensive PR team at IMG. I'll go and employ my own PR people. And they were going, are you sure? And he's going, yeah, I'll save a fortune. I'll have my own PR team. And then they all fuck, like a deck of cards, it all comes down when, he's, when he gets chased out of his own driveway by his wife or whatever it was. John Jones just thinks he can do anything he wants, mm-hmm. especially in Albuquerque. It's like he's the king of Albuquerque. He thinks he can just run around doing whatever he fucking likes and no one's going to find out about it. Obviously... The alleged things that he's done, I completely and utterly don't agree with. But the fact that he's just a complete fucking lunatic mentalist, I like that. I like the fact that the best fighter in the world is an ant- is a monster, is an animal. It reminds me of Mike Tyson in the eighties. No, hang on, right? I get that it adds to the narrative of what he does inside the octagon. Not right? what he's actually doing. Yeah, what he's doing is fucking abhorrent, mate. Yeah, he needs fucking locking up because you can't do that outside the octagon. If he's getting, if he's giving this girl a good idea or whatever he's done, allegedly. chokehold, allegedly. Yeah, whatever he's done, right? He needs to fucking serve some time, man. That's yep. what he needs to do. He needs to get himself in some serious bother. Agreed. I understand your thought process of there being a darker side to these fighters because that adds to the narrative that it adds to the, the whole thing about them because we live our life kind of as a step back vicariously through these guys, you look at them and you think to yourself, I could never be that guy. Yeah. I could never be that guy because I don't do this shit. Do you know what I mean? Of course. But if he's getting up to all sorts, like he's, it's alluding to that he is getting up to all sorts, he needs to answer for that. He's not different to me and you when we walk on the street, mate. We, he, he needs a slap on, he needs a proper fucking telling off. And if that yeah. means prison time, that means prison time. Yeah. Listen, I, yeah, I complete. Of course, I absolutely agree with you. What I'm trying to say is, I, I like John Jones just being the bad guy. I like the champ being the bad guy. I like the Mike Tyson kind of esque feel about it. I want him to know that he's a bad motherfucker. I want to know that. You know, it, 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 for me, that's what makes John Jones John Jones. It's when he pretends he's not that. It's guy. when he pretends he's not that. I hate it. Listen, I, I don't agree with what he's doing. Of course, he don't. But you know. Also, he ain't, he ain't no fucking able to heal. Did you see that story this week? Yeah. Former USD, able to heal, now up on child porn fucking charges. Yeah, that. that guy should just be castrated and jailed for the rest of his life. Or even better, just hang him by the neck. That's what I feel about child porn people. Fuck them, paedophiles. But I don't, I don't even want to talk about that twat. But in terms of John Jones, he's, he can't escape the person he is. He's no a, matter how hard he tries. Exactly. And no matter how many lies he tells or whatever else... 
he is what he is. Mm. It, fucking hell. The, cha- all the, the champ's back. This is who he is. Mm. This is who he is. He's supposed to be happily married, by the way, with kids. We'll uh, keep you up to date with it on our social media as and when there's more news on that. I want to turn our attention to UFC 240 uh, this weekend. It is about time that Frank Yeager got himself into this particular position. He's taking on Max Holloway. Now, Max Holloway, for a little bit of information on this, people will go, well, Max Holloway lost his last fight. Well, hang on a minute. Max Holloway is the king of the featherweight division. No question about that. He's mm-hmm. had back-to-back uh, title defences. Yes, all right. His last fight, he did step up to lightweight. He came up short there. Um, but when you're talking about featherweights of recent times, he is the man. Yes. This is his weight category, okay? Can he do the business once again against Frankie Edgar? The thing for me with this fight, and I don't know where you're at, because I know you're a massive Frankie Edgar fight, so I've not, I, you probably have a similar opinion to me. Max, when he fights, takes his time. He builds up to a crescendo, if that makes sense. So he starts off, he's, uh, what's the best way of describing it? He's sussing you out. He's looking at you, he's looking for tells, he's looking to see how you go about fighting, and then from second, third, fourth round onwards, he'll start putting into practice the things he's learned, take you to pieces, and use your strengths and your weaknesses against you. That's what he does. Yep. Frank Yeager is all about pace. And if he starts ridiculously fast in this fight, and I fully anticipate him to do so, it might then offset what Max normally does. Because Ma- Max is normally the guy that dictates that pace. If Frankie can do that, we then might get something crazy. I still think Max will come through, but I'd like to see him win in a different way. Yeah. You with that? Yeah, I, I, I get what you're trying to say. Now, obviously, Frankie Edgar, I made a, a deal with the devil back in 2011 that I would never, ever back against Frankie Edgar again. What are you doing this weekend then? Because I did it twice. I said he would get, um, he would have no chance against BJ Penn and he beat BJ, BJ Penn twice. And then I said he would have no chance against Gray Maynard in some of the best fights oh, I've ever seen. The Gray Maynard fight is unbelievable. Um, but that's the thing, what I'm talking hell. about. That pace Weathered in that the fight. the storm and then just comes back like a fucking lunatic. The pace in that fight and the way that he changes. This is another thing as well that's going to be interesting because what Gray Maynard didn't do in that fight, Frankie changed between wrestling and striking whilst he was actually wrestling. Yeah. So his transition wrestling, was unbelievable. He's wrestling at one particular point and then all of a sudden he's striking, whereas most fighters. You can see a level change, therefore you go into wrestle mode, don't you? Yeah. And then the level change moves it back maybe onto your feet, then you're back into strike mode. Then you're on your back, you're into BJJ mode. Whereas Frankie's doing all of them at the exact same time. Yeah. You have got to be absolutely switched on because he's doing everything at the same time. He's like fucking Tasmanian devil. He's just chucking everything at you. The, the nine rounds he had with Gray Maynard were the best of Frankie's career, in my opinion. It was absolutely phenomenal. At, at the time, there was no hotter fight. I remember doing a, a photo shoot with him in uh, in New York City, and we put a throne in the middle of Times Square and all that. It was fucking absolutely epic. Um, but it's 2019 today. We're talking about eight years on. You know, he's, he was, how, he was how, 29, what is he now? he's 37, 38 now. Frank and Max is... 10 years younger then. Yeah, exactly. So 27, 28. So, you know, Max is at the peak of his powers. Frankie, you've got to feel, is, is 10 years past his peak potentially. Now, I know, listen, Frankie, even even in the in the, this last stage of his career, obviously big wins over Jeremy Stevens, Yar Rodriguez, Uriah, Mendez, Swanson, BJ again, of course. You know, his only recent losses really came against Jose for the second time and, and Brian Ortega, which led to Ortega obviously fighting Holloway. But that's the one you've got to look at. 
is Ortega got absolutely fucking lit up by Max. Max was tremendous. Probably the performance of his career against Brian Ortega. And Brian Ortega sm- uh, smashed Frankie in the first yeah, yeah. round. So smart, Proper smoked him. Yeah, yeah. So so it's tough. You know, obviously, it's all about the move up to... to the move up in weight divisions to lightweight, how has that affect, affected Max Holloway? Is yeah. he able to go back down to 145 uh, comfortably again and make weight? Because obviously he struggled to make weight. That's why the fight with Ortega got put back. He was rushed to hospital. Mm. You know, he, was, he said he was going to move to 155 mm. because his body was demanding it. And yet he's moved to 155. He's got beat by Dustin Poirier. He's, he's made the decision to come back to 145. So the big question this week is, how does Max... A, make the weight. Yeah. Can he make the weight on Friday? That's the big issue for me. I'll, I'll I'll breathe a sigh of relief on Friday lunchtime here in the UK when I get to watch Max Holloway weigh in at the hotel first thing Friday morning and make 145 because then I'll know we've got a fight. Frankie, obviously, Consumer Pro will definitely make weight. And then it's about, in the next 24 hours, can Max rehydrate his body sufficiently to, to be able to take on... Even a, even a near 40-year-old Frankie Edgar's a fucking handful. Mm. If Max can and do it safely... Then I think it's a it's another routine yeah. win for Max Holloway. I agree. I think it's all on cardio. This all on cardio. Where's Max at? Yeah, and Guy's if he's ten years than the other, you know, Max. With all due respect, Frankie ain't get ain't no Manny Pacquiao. No, but he's still. When you talk of MMA fighters, cardio wise in this division, he's the guy. Oh, he's still isn't right he? up there. He's fucking buzzing around all over the guy. He's, he's still the benchmark. That's just the fighting style he's got. Mm. But he ain't twenty nine no more. He's 37, 38. Mm. Huge um, height difference. As well in this fight, in there. I mean, yeah. he's massive. He's is uh, Max compared to to Frankie. But Frankie's always been the little guy. He's always been the little guy in the featherweight division. Never yeah. mind when he was up at lightweight. You know, he's never been the biggest guy in the weight. And class. with him being able to wrestle and, and level change, would you think it would be that big of a, a, a massive thing going into this fight with, no. with Max all the way because he can get on the inside? I think the issue right now is that Frankie Edgar 10 years ago was like a pioneer. He was one of the first guys that was able to make that transition so it looks seamless. Whereas I think Max Holloway's a better all-round mixed martial artist than Frank, Frankie Edgar. Mm. You know, he, he can transition from three or four fighting styles where Frankie really is a, is a master of, of that boxing, wrestling kind of all-action style. So the, the problem with Frankie Edgar is he's got... The issue he's got is he's just got to start fast. He's got to jump on Max Holloway. He's got to put as much pressure on him early on as he can, try and catch him cold. And then wear down that tank and hope that the move back to 145 has ultimately sucked the life out of Max Holloway in this weight division. Because mm. that's what we were being led to believe. Uh, if he le- allows Max to get warmed up in the first round or two and ease his way in, uh, I wouldn't look past a Max Holloway finish in the championship rounds. Mm. If, if you look down the card, I wouldn't be surprised if Amanda Nunes is at octagon side because she needs a fight. She needs someone to have a little bit of a knock uh, and maybe sticking on a few more pounds to go back up to defend her other belt against Chris Cyborg in a rematch is something that maybe the UFC are trying to tout. Cyborg in action against Felicia Spencer. Undefeated uh, Felicia Spencer this weekend. Important fight this for Cyborg because if she gets beat here, you'd think that that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Listen... They brought this weight division in just for Chris Cyborg anyway, and she's been absolutely starched by the bantamweight champion. I kind of don't know what the featherweight division's still doing in the UFC. Um, Chris Cyborg is kind of fighting to keep it in the sport, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not interested in seeing a Amanda Nunes rematch anytime soon. I think it was conclusive as much as you want it to be. I am. She's fucking smashed Cyborg to bits at her own game. Mm. She went toe-to-toe. She had heavier hands, and she obliterated her. So it, it's a weird one. I think it's only this high up on the card because Chris Cyborg's on a massive uh, wage structure. 
yeah. because they wanted to bring the featherweights in. They thought she was going to dominate for a long time. The biggest fight of her career, uh, certainly in the UFC, she lost. So it's a weird one for me. And they'll build it up. I feel she Spencer's undefeated and all this stuff and, and whatever else. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, even Felicia Spencer has competed down a featherweight herself. So, a couple of couple of fighters on the uh, on the card a little bit further down that uh, you might have heard Nick speak about on uh, regular points here on the show. Nico Price is on the show. Yes. Um, Christoph Jocko is also on the show. How do you think both of those boys are going to get on? Because I know you've waxed lyrical about them previously. Yeah, I'm big fans of both. Obviously, uh, Nico Price is a, is a bit of a monster in this welterweight division, and uh, I, I truly believe it. Given the right opponents, he could go on a real run. Um, he's well-rounded. He's only really lost in the UFC or the only time I can remember losing was against that Al-Razak, the kid with the fucking crazy heavy hands uh, that knocks everybody out. He got called, called in that fight. So, But Jeff Neely was fighting here. Did a welterweight. This could steal a show, actually. That's a, it's, a, it's a good little matchup. He's a solid welterweight star as well. Um, he's never lost in the UFC. I think he come through on Dana's contender series, but he's undefeated. He beat uh, Camacho in a belter of a fight. And obviously there was a lot of momentum behind Camacho at the time. So that's the one to look out for. Uh, don't know too much about Jocko's opponent mm. in the middleweight division. I don't know whether he's another one that's come through during the weight series. Um, but Jocko, of course, I was tipping him for a long time as a, as a title contender, but he's just had a twat of a run. Uh, lost to Branch, lost to Hall, lost to Tavares. Uh, bounced back last time in Russia with the win. But uh, he desperately needs to get himself back on track because he was he was then touching distance of a title shot, Christoph Jocko, and it all came tumbling down for him. So definitely one to look out for. That Sung Woo Choi, Choi, Sung Woo Choi, the Korean uh, featherweight as well, down on the prelims. Keep an eye out for that guy. He's a fucking killer too. Madly, talking about reminiscing there to 2011, back in 2011, 2008, um, when I was a magazine editor, um, I remember at the time there was a, all chatted about Eric Koch coming yeah. through and being the next featherweight contender, taking on mm. uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah. Forgive me if I'm wrong, Eric Koch was, ma- I'm pretty sure he was matched to fight Aldo for the feather- UFC featherweight belt back in 2000, when, when was I was editor, 2009, 2011, 2012, sometime, sometime in the early fucking 2010s anyway. Um, and yet here he is on the early prelim card this Saturday in a welterweight fight. Mm. Welterweight fight. Less than 10 years ago, he was a, he was the top contender in the featherweight division. Wow. And there he is fighting at welterweight. Absolutely bonkers. Now, he was always a tall featherweight, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he's, it's not like he's a James Vick. He's not like fucking six foot three or anything like that. But here he is trying to reinvent himself as a welterweight. Weird, he's having a... Lost to Clay Greeder, lost to Bobby Bobby Green last time out in lightweight. Um, but he's coming back as a welterweight. I don't know, man. Weird. Mm. Weird journey that kid's been on. There you go. That's how it's all shaping up this weekend. UFC 240. It's all about Holloway versus Edgar. Uh, and the co-men as well. I'm slightly interested in it, even if he's not, just to see where Cyborg's at, see if we can set up that rematch so therefore the man the Nunes can start you again. Before we sign off, for legal reasons, let's not go into too much detail, but did you see the very public spat between Cage Warriors boss Graham Bowler? Whoa, that and, was amazing! And I say this in jest, don't send us a lawyer's letter, Bellator boss... Um, John Kavanagh. John Kavanagh. Mm. Obviously, John Kavanagh isn't Bellator boss, he's head of SBG Island, he's Conor McGregor's head coach, but they had a fucking serious fallout on social media this week, and it ended with what can only be a lawyer's letter, because Mr. Boylan... Uh, was 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 
and I'll say it, even though I don't know the facts, forced to put out an apology uh, about something he'd said. I'm not going into any more detail for obvious reasons, but all is not well in the world of Irish and UK MMA. There's rumblings of undercurrent there. I think people are a bit upset about Mr. Kavanagh's clear involvement with Bellator. Um, and now it might be affecting other people's business practices. So if you're into that kind of shit and you want to follow people on social media, <laughs> follow John Kavanagh and, uh, and Graham Boylan and get stuck in. Mm, interesting there, there you go. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. You're more than welcome to subscribe. Please do so, so therefore you never miss out on anything that we bring you. Fight Disciples on iTunes. Fightdisciples.com is our website if you need an Android feed. At Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.